You're listening to Talk Daredevil, the official podcast of the Save Daredevil campaign. Welcome back to a new episode of Talk Daredevil, the Daredevil podcast brought to you by the Save Daredevil campaign. Today, we are going to be talking about Defenders. Um, I am Phyllis, and I am joined today by Casey. Hello. And Shelby. Hey, guys. So if you have been listening to our recent episodes, we have been going through all of the seasons of Daredevil, but we figured that with Defenders being the big team-up event show, it would be a little bit of an oversight to not talk about um, this series as well. So consider this a bit of a bonus detour, since we'll be sharing additional thoughts on the other Defender shows and characters. Honestly, we really just love having an excuse to talk about all the things, um, the things that enjoyed and maybe didn't enjoy as much. Yeah, the things we love, the things maybe we didn't love as much. And what we're hopeful for, for the future of these characters. We maybe saved Daredevil, but we believe a rising tide lifts all boats, and we would love to see all of these characters again. So, to get us started, I thought it'd be fun to talk about our thoughts on the other series, because obviously you've heard us talk a lot about <laughs> uh, Daredevil, um, and I don't think people might know as much about our opinions about the other shows. And, you know, what were your expectations? Because I know as a uh, as a fan of Daredevil, maybe one that got into it like a little bit later, at least as far as my level of fandom, I did, there was a certain point where I felt like, oh man, I'm so hyped for Defenders and what is yet to come. And I'm kind of curious to hear if you guys had any experiences like that too. Let's see. Um, my expectations. You know, I'm all about the hype train. I really am. And I was hyped for Defenders, but I can remember watching Daredevil Season 2 and Rhiannon sitting down. Because, you know, immediately after Daredevil Season 2, I'm like, oh, my God, we got to have Season 3. Season 3 has got to come mm, like mm, next year, mm. right? And she had to calm me down and say, no, Shelby. These other series are going to come first. Because I think at that point, what we had not seen season one of Luke Cage after Daredevil season two and season one of Iron Fist was still to come. She's like, you've got to sit through that and then there'll be the Defenders. And I'm like, no. So she was like, no, so it's going to be a while. She's like, they could squeeze Daredevil season three in between all that, but I don't think so. So she was like, kind of like my voice of like reality. Right, and I was, so right. I was like, okay, I don't think it's going to make much sense, but. Okay. And, you know, they started hyping it pretty early with like an Entertainment Weekly story, I think, came out pretty early about it. And so, you know, it doesn't take much to get me hyped. (laughs) Me too. I think like four or five copies of it. I probably still have it somewhere. Um, So it didn't take much to see them all together for me to get super like hyped. What about you, Casey? I was really excited, um, but I was still very much a baby fan at this point. I was reading a little bit of Daredevil, and I had read some Jessica Jones, um, Bendis' run, and I was really only kind of reading um, the stuff that overlapped from Jessica and Matt, uh, so that made a lot of sense to me. I had not read Luke Cage or um, Iron Fist at this point, but I was really excited to watch the shows. I hate spoilers so when it's like press junkets and and interviews i don't watch that stuff until after i've watched right, the right, season right. then i go back because i don't want to be spoiled 
So I didn't get to enjoy the entire hype train that, that Shelby was talking about until a little bit later. And for those of you who listened to the podcast of how we became Daredevil fans, you know my ramblings of how it was after Defenders that I started reading all of the Daredevil comics. So that's when I, I started my Daredevil binging, my binge reading. I would say my excitement for it came after watching Defenders instead of before. So I'm a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> totally fair. So for me, I had the benefit of attending San Diego Comic-Con that year. And so this was really big in a couple ways. Um, first of all, there hadn't been a major Marvel Netflix presence at San Diego Comic-Con before. And with Defenders, Netflix was really ramping up the hype on this one. They were treating it like a big event show. So they pulled out all the stops for San Diego Comic-Con. They had a huge, like, they call it activations, you know, so they had a oh, thing Oh, yeah, I couldn't go. think of the word. I was like, what do you call yes, that? Interaction right. activation. Yeah. Yes. They, they had a big activation. Um, they had a bunch of stuff on the floor. The whole Defenders cast was there. Um, they did Hall H, uh, which was amazing. So that was my first Hall H experience at San Diego Comic-Con. And they showed the first episode of Defenders while we're there. So as far as like hype is concerned, it like took my hype level to like 20. You know, seeing the cast, seeing them talk in like real time in front of me, watching the first episode. I was very involved in the Daredevil fandom. I jumped full on in after season two of Daredevil. So if you happen to be following me at that point on Tumblr, I live blog the entire thing, which was so much fun. I know. Uh, Rhiannon was there. She was like live tweeting and giving me all the like scoops. and Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I obviously love Daredevil. So I had to watch all the shows and I had varying opinions on them. Um, I wasn't feeling right that Iron Fist season one would be what launched us into the Defenders team up. But I was so excited to see what would happen once you got them all together. Paul, can I go back just one second? Because you, you made me think of when you were at Hall H, made me think about being at New York Comic Con for the Iron Fist season one oh, panel. Right. So you we were, were there. there. Yeah. 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 And I forgot all about this. It's been, it seems like 200 years ago. Um, oh, because <laughs> they did the Defenders thing there. Yeah. Well, that yeah. was the rumor. Everybody's like, you know, they could announce this, this, or that. The rumor has it they're all going to be there. So, and it was really cool. Don't get me wrong. We were hyped for the Iron Fist panel. Like we got right. in line at <laughs> two o'clock in the morning to. The, no, I totally know, remember which, following this online because I don't think we knew each other then, but I, you know, I think I saw yeah, it, it somewhere. So we were there and they get through the Iron Fist and I think they're talking about Punisher season one's going to happen, you know, that. And then they bring all the defenders out. And this is this is when they bring Sigourney Weaver out. Right. And, yeah. you, you know, find yeah. out she's going to be the big bad. And everybody starts chanting, holy shit, holy shit. That's the, the crowd chant. And so, yeah, OK. So, I, yeah. So we were hyped. They did a great job hyping it up. You know, and I think that, you know, it, it's an event. It's like events in the comics. Hey, you get to see four heroes together. I mean, usually in the comics, it's like all of them. But, you know, even four um, on TV was a lot of the, fun. When did the little, when did the teaser come out? Just the little elevator teaser was like months oh, that was before. Right. It was, um, it was maybe around the time they started doing the early press. So like early on in, um, in the year before the summer for sure maybe like in the march spring. february or march yeah, even yeah. yeah something like that yeah it was it was exciting um 
But, you know, maybe at this point, let's segue to um, what didn't work for us with this show, what could have been better. And then we will go to what we did really love and enjoy, because I think it's always, you know, that that's going to be the bulk of this conversation. But I think it's worth pointing out uh, some of the flaws of Defenders before we we jump into the stuff that we love. So, so as I said, I was so hyped. And, you know, I'm going to be like straightforward when I watched it. I very much enjoyed the show for what it was, um, I think, because the driving story of season two hinged on Matt and Electra. Like, again, if you if you listen to the last episode about season two, I've already been very clear about my stance on Electra <laughs> and Matt and Electra. So to know that Electra was, first of all, um, was going to come back as an integral part and then to see throughout the show that the Matt and Electra relationship was kind of a through line for the series was also like extremely exciting to me. So when I watched through the first time, even though my brain was clocking things that like didn't quite work, I was still quite happy by the time I got to the end of the show. But one big failing for me personally, I guess, was just the way the hand had evolved from Daredevil season one to Daredevil season two to Iron Fist season one and then to Defenders. I just want to point out that Stick has literally told the origin story of the hand three times. <laughs> as many times as the Punisher has had an origin story. <laughs> and they've been different every time. And... I know that people didn't really love the mysticism around the Daredevil season two hand, but in retrospect, I would have rather they just leaned into that than kind of what we ended up getting, which was a really like defanged version of the hand, like this defanged. Netflix likes to say grounded version. Multicultural hand, which was just like a little weird. Like, okay, if you know me and you've seen me on Save Daredevil Con stuff, I am Asian American, so I have my own issues with how Asians are portrayed in media. And, you know, so I don't love the idea of like these evil Japanese ninja villains. You know, that's not quite it. But what we got in the Defenders wasn't it either. I get the casting of Sigourney Weaver. I just don't understand the character of Alexandra. Why is a white lady leading the hand? Yeah, she doesn't even get to be like a badass. How did they sell this to her? Like, you're going to play this old lady who's dying? (laughs) I mean, they must have paid her a lot of money. That's the thing. It's like if you cast Sigourney Weaver, who is like a legend of sci-fi genre leading lady type roles, then as the crowd reaction was at New York Comic Con that your people are expecting her to give you like, holy shit moments. Let her be Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. (sighs) I was expecting a badass, yeah. Yeah, they they kept hinting at it. And I think that's the other issue that kind of went hand in hand with the hand issue (laughs) is that we were told that these people were scary and badasses and evil and good at fighting and that Alexandra was had this history of just being like you know there's a reason why she's the leader of the hand and she's done all these things through the centuries and you see nothing you don't see any of that you know, in fact, there's a scene where they talk about it. They right? They talk about their past and how they were cast out of Kunlun and um, how they all kind of ended up where they were. And I think it was Alexander who does talk about her life back then. And I'm like, I don't want you to hear you tell a story. I want to see it. You know, <laughs> like I want to see all this stuff. It sounds really cool. But when you just talk about it and we don't get to see 
any visuals to support it. We don't even get to see Sigourney Weaver fight anybody. God, let her fight. No, you and know? we don't even really get to see them do any mystical, like you said, any mystical yeah. shit where, you know, Stick talks about what is, what's the guy that's over Nobu that pulled Nobu's strengths? Mirakami? What's this? Is that his yeah. name? Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. He can stop your heart, or was that the white hat? One of them can, like, stop your heart. Don't get white real hat close. Can, white hat. I can stop your heart, but I don't think they ever established what Mirakami's like deal meant. was. <laughs> yeah. You don't get any of that. You get dudes with guns. Which is not not the hand that I would have wanted to see as, like, the big bad. I think I, what I have to say, I, I think what, yeah, I think what I have to say is Marco did the best Probably with the time period, time frame he had to work with, like what he had to pull out of his ass to try to make work <laughs> with all these shows. And I think that's that was a very, a very tall order. And I think he did the best job that he could because these are like four different shows, some of which had had multiple seasons, all of which had had their own individual treatments of the character and the story. And some of those stories intersect more with the Defender story than others. Um, There's also corporate mandates, right? So Marvel, I'm sure, had specific expectations of what was going to happen in Defenders. I'm sure Netflix had certain expectations. And the contract between Marvel and Netflix specified that the Defenders needed to come out by the end of 2017. And so any one showrunner who has to take all of that and like make some sense out of it, it's a tricky job. I would say that I was still like very much entertained and there's a lot of things to like about the show. So, you know, as a whole, there could have been some things done better. But with that being said, there was a lot that we did like. And we're going to go through some of our favorite moments from the series now. So, Casey, we're going to start with you. So I really loved this scene with Jessica. I believe it's the first scene we see her in in Defenders. Uh, Actually, no, she was talking with Trish and she was at the bar. She's talking with Trish, and now she's heading back into her house office. Um, <laughs> and the mom and daughter want her to find the husband, John Raymond. And she's like, nope, nope, bye, peace out. And then she gets the creepy phone call of, don't find John Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> and then it quickly, quickly hangs up. And I'm just like, you know, okay, you're calling a P.I., and you're saying, don't find this person. <laughs> that is the opposite of what a PI does. Now you have intrigued her. And she's now all like, oh, you don't want me to find you. Like, it probably would have been better for John Raymond to be like, listen, tell them I'm alive. <laughs> I'm just going through some stuff right now. I'm healthy-ish. Ish. <laughs> <laughs> just tell them I'm still alive. And like, it, I think if he hung up, like Jessica probably would have found the mom and daughter and been like, he called, he's alive. Just leave him yeah, alone. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, leave him alone with his mistress and then like move on. But no, because she was all like, don't find John Raymond through the creepy voice changer. She was all like, well, I guess I'm going to find John Raymond. And she did. <laughs> yeah, and I got to do this now. <laughs> eventually, his brains were all over her office apartment. <laughs> I, I love when Malcolm comes over and they're, they're trying to figure out, like, he probably just called from a payphone. Right. <laughs> Try yes. that shit. You know? <laughs> and she calls and she gets into her, hi, am I, I'm trying to find my grandpa. <laughs> What I did love about that scene, too, is that like, oh, yeah, this is just part of Jessica Jones's show. The way they introduce everyone, for the most part, felt very much like it fit the tone of their shows and how we knew them. Um, So, yeah, I, I thought that was really great. And I guess that kind of goes into the one that you wanted to talk about, Shelby. 
Oh, I love Matt in the courtroom. Who doesn't love Matt in the courtroom? But uh, at this point, Matt and Foggy, they're still not working together. Matt's a pro bono lawyer. But we get to see Matt in the courtroom like in a way that I don't think we've ever seen him like in the courtroom. Like he is owning this courtroom. He is he zipping on the around. <laughs> He's zipping around. He's throwing out words like indexaprine and <laughs> made public. And these weird camera angles are like zooming in on his face and zooming to the uh, prosecution and a defense table, whatever prosecution table, the witness, the jury box, the, the kid. Everywhere. <laughs> you know, and then my favorite. Yeah. And it, like willfully ignored. No need. I'm done. You know, <laughs> and he just sits back and he wins like this $11 million settlement for this kid. But I think the best part is the speech that he has then afterwards with the kid about taking back control of, of your life because the kid doesn't know if he's going to walk again. You know, the kid's kind of he's angry at everyone. And Matt's like, nah, you know, you just you've got to work through this. You've got to move forward one step at a time, like in your life. You can you can fake it and you can try to put a smile on your face, but that's not going to work. And we that's something that's kind of very comic booky to me is Matt and his relationship, like these these moments that he has with kids. And I wish we get to see that more. Yes, Matt in his uh, element in the courtroom. That was a fantastic scene. And it was just, it kept going. And it was just, it was a great pace, too. And it reminded me kind yeah, of he's an talking episode so fast. Of, uh, yeah, it kind of reminded me of an episode of Law and Order. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> in season two, he doesn't actually get to do very much in the courtroom because he's always not showing up at court. So it was kind of nice to reestablish him like, oh, no, he's a good lawyer. He knows what he's doing. He's good at his job. Um, so he's got it his was papers great. prepared. Yeah. He, he's like handing mm-hmm. out papers and stuff. Yeah, and, right. And and you do see him like practicing too his um his defense earlier in the episode. So yeah, it was a great way to reorient ourselves into where Matt was at in his life. All right. So my next favorite is episode two, um, Matt and Foggy at Josie's. Even though this oh. seems kind of heartbreaking because obviously they're not spending a lot of time together and their best friend banter is off and it it just doesn't seem right it's awkward and you know foggy points out the knuckles because earlier in the episode but the end of the previous one beat up some some thugs you know after the the earth shook so the fact that matt like stands up and he takes off, you know, he's ready to put on his coat. He's ready to walk out and Foggy is just like, no, 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 I'm not trying to be a jerk here. You know, I just, I want to help you. You don't want to be Daredevil anymore for your reasons. And I'm going to try to help you not do that. And Foggy's just trying to be a good bestie. And just breaks my heart, that scene. And I just want them to hug and be best friends <laughs> I know, but I like the way that Foggy is like, this is his slow, like, way, his version of kind of like accepting reality. Of right. trying to accept. Like, help Matt, but also go, I know where this is going to end up. I know. Yeah. But, but he's going to try. I'm going to help he's him. He's going to try. Yeah, anyway. I'm going to try. I liked that it picked up from a point where like you know what they didn't actually resolve those things really at the end of season two so it was sort of that continuity of no they're still struggling right though those relationships didn't just magically repair themselves in time for defenders that's still something that matt is working out in this particular series so i so i liked that we got to kind of see that here really in full view these are things that will obviously pop back up later on in the season So I'm going to go to my favorite moment, which is in episode three, 
And it's pretty obvious, but it's the boardroom fight. This was, this is the payoff, right? We were told that the defenders were going to show up and they were going to get together and they were going to defend things. And, you know, in the first two episodes, it's very much like everyone is having their own separate stories. But in episode two, you start getting the intersection, Matt and Jessica meet, and then Luke and Danny meet. And then finally in episode three, all of them show up in the same place at the same time. And, um... It was super exciting for me to see them all like, okay, yeah, I've watched everyone's shows. I know what people can do. I know what their approaches are to like a conflict. And now I get to see them all figuring out how to like fight alongside each other. Um, so, I mean, like that Power Man, Iron Fist, you know, when the music comes in and they're just riffing off each other with like their moves and stuff like that was a lot of fun. Just seeing like Matt and Jess and the Scar, you know, and like them starting to develop their dynamic. Um, and then, of course, for me, Electra being this wild card in that fight. And then Matt finally realizing like, oh, she's in this too. A lot of that scene just really, really worked for me. And it really set a good tone for how they were all going to get along with each other. And we got a hallway fight with all four of them. Yeah, I love it. That's true. It was also not just a boardroom fight. It was also a hallway fight. Yes! Yeah, I think people had to have been the most excited for Power Man Iron Fist, like team up out of this whole Defenders first. That's what they were waiting on. And uh, I love just I love Danny just showing up like he's going to be Danny Rand in this moment. (laughs) (laughs) And then that goes sideways. Shit goes sideways so fast. I know. It was just funny how they like, oh, he wants to see all the CEOs of Midland Circle. And there's like a room of 12 people. (laughs) I'm Daniel Rand of Rand Enterprises. And then Matt and Jessica, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, Matt, he smashed her camera. She should have need him right in the dick. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, and can we just Aww. the fact that Matt? I don't know how many stories is on Midland Circle, but that he just decided to haul ass up all those stairs. Um, instead right, I was thinking, of taking like, they had to be cam- <laughs> they had to be cameras too. I'm like, you just walked in as oh, Matt Murdock. Absolutely, we didn't think all of this through. Like you're on a camera somewhere. <laughs> but I think that what they really wanted to give us was just Matt doing more like parkoury things in his suit. You know, <laughs> so. yeah. I do appreciate Danny saying later in a, cu- a couple episodes, maybe it's an episode or two later, but he was like, "I wore a suit." <laughs> I tried. <laughs> he tried so hard. Tried I mean, so that's how hard. I feel when I wear a suit. I'm like, I wore a suit. I should get this job. <laughs> All right. So actually, um, I think I'm up next again with um, a sort of cheated. It's technically two episodes, but I wanted to talk about them as one because I think they make a good pair. In episode five, um, this is after the royal dragon fight. So there's a whole royal dragon fight scene where the hand descend on the restaurant and the defenders and Stick are ready to fight back. And of course, the moment Stick is like, hey, guys, we all have to stick together. Matt pieces out of the group, (laughs) hauls ass out of there and (laughs) manages to corner Electra outside and the, the score and Matt doing his thing where he's like fighting, but also trying to like get through to her. And this kind of sets off a, a moment later on in the episode near the end, I think, where she is clearly having some kind of conflict about who Alexandra keeps telling her that she is. You're the black sky. You're this weapon. This is basically what your role is and all you're good for. We don't need to think about what your life was like before. 
And she's clearly having this moment of confusion and conflict. And so you see her at the rooftop, which was a lovely callback for me to when she stands on the rooftop at the end of Daredevil season two. And that's when she has that moment talking to Matt. You see her again standing in front of the same building, almost the same exact angle, almost as if she's trying to kind of like remember. Um, And then she goes and breaks into the apartment and she's walking around slowly and the camera pans around all these places. And you can almost, I mean, they don't do it on the show, but in my head, I'm like seeing flashes of like when she looks at the couch, you know, when she's like on the couch with Matt walking into his bedroom. And, you know, that was where she was when she was recuperating. And when she had those really honest moments with him, when they were talking about how she had lied to him, but how he still wanted her to fight with him, you know, and I don't think she remembers all of this, but I think she's getting something out of seeing these places again. And then she just lays down and curls up. And I think my heart literally, like, when I watched it, like, it shattered into a million pieces because there's something to be said about how nice it was to see Elektra reach her full power potential, you know, because we know that she's a badass and we know she can kick ass. But she was kind of stymied in season two by the story, you know, so it was good seeing her being able to, like, fully bust out those swords and, like, kick people's asses, for lack of a better term. But that doesn't necessarily make for a very interesting character, right? This kind of empty vessel who just does like bad things for bad people is not very interesting. I was really glad to see them giving her those moments of conflict, um, giving her those moments of hesitation, and to see her really start struggling with what she's been told and what she actually wants to be. And then that kind of ties into a little bit of my favorite moment from episode six, which is where she um, has that dream sequence. So she's back at that apartment. She wakes up from a nap. Matt is there like a literal angel, <laughs> like you know, in a white T-shirt and like the mug of coffee. And her brain is starting to like put some pieces together. You know, she sees the Daredevil costume out of focus in the background. So something's going on. Like she's figuring out what's what's happening but this moment where he's like oh are you just happy to be back in new york she's like no i'm happy to be back here with you and for me the person who loves this relationship having that like acknowledgement that she like remembers him and that she remembers what she had with him um obviously she still has like a mission which i think shelby will go into with her comment but yeah and i just i just i can't ignore how much i love it so I had to mention it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think we got to feel a lot of feels in Defenders. And this was one of the moments where you're like, oh, my heart, you know. I like the scene in that kind of parallels yours where Matt realizes that Electra was in his apartment. Mm. (laughs) And he's all like, she's remembering. Because she picks up the Bible. I just want to mention right now that Shelby owns the Bible. I do. (laughs) (laughs) This is a perfect like moment to talk about our crazy um, defenders purchase. Shelby and I did a bid in the prop store (laughs) defenders auction that was last year, right? Like last summer, maybe seven hundred years ago. Seven hundred years ago during the pandemic, but um, (laughs) we didn't expect to win, but we did win, and we decided that we would go in on one lot. And this lot had the mug from the dream sequence and the Bible from from Matt's trunk. And we decided that we would split it. So I kept one baby and Shelby kept the other. It's actually really fun to own a little piece of the show 
in that way. And I, yeah, it was especially a- defenders. I think so too. I think so yeah. too. Yeah. I love that you that guys own was crazy. Because when I was rewatching it with Zach, I was like, oh, Phyllis owns that mode. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Shelby owns the Bible. I'm like, I know people who own that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was like, like, that was like the only way we could do it. It was way too expensive to try to oh, yeah. get like one item by yourself. Absolutely. And we, we had like, like a we're... limit we had set. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, this could be And I'm not going to tell anybody. Yeah, we're not going to say how much we spent. And they even they even put the orchid. They kept the orchid in the Bible. Remember? Yes, they kept the, the orchid. orchid in the Bible. And, and there was the also orchid. A, one of Electra's little funeral cards. <laughs> that was cool. Too. I mean, when I was watching that scene the other day, I was like, this is pretty cool. I got that Bible. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Or I, I, I mean, I think a, it is. There may be another Bible, but uh, you know. No, no, no. That's the only Bible. And I, I only touched it once before I forwarded it, it to you. But I opened that Bible and I was like, oh, this is such a nice piece. So I, I hope that you hug it to sleep every night. <laughs> it's the only way. It's the only way to treat sure. a piece like that. Yes. <laughs> okay. So now back to our regularly scheduled Absolutely. conversation. Um, and I think, Shelby, you were next. Okay. So my next moment happens right after... Um, Electra has kind of ruined our defenders moment when they have decided to like, we're going to keep Danny like away from the hand because we know Danny's the key, the literal like key to opening something. We got to keep him away and Stick has decided he's just going to kill Danny because that's the only way to keep Danny away and Electra busts in and knocks everybody out, kills Stick and takes Danny. And this leads to Alexandra and her big moment, her big speech of because I think Alexandria at this point is feeling a little bit like she could be on the way out. She don't know what her people are about to do. And she's got to kind of remind them of all the things that she's accomplished. But she's like, we need to kill Jessica Jones. We need to kill the devil of Hell's Kitchen, whoever he is. And at that moment, you see Electra like leaves the screen. She, you, paint, you know, she's walking away. And I'm like, oh, God, is Electra like, yeah, she walks away. Is she like taking that as like her cue? She's stalked out to go kill the devil of Hell's Kitchen. And. Then Alexandra goes into, yes, and I've, I brought you the Iron Fist, and she's mid-sentence when Electra walks up and kills her and is like, his name is Matthew. And I think right then I got like chills and like tears came because it's, it goes back to that moment in the apartment. She has made that connection, and he's mine. Right. This the Devil of Hell's Kitchen is mine. Right. And it's just yeah. like, and my name, and my name is Electra Nachos. You work for me now. Any questions? And those people are like, oh, no. I just, that Elodie in that moment, ah. Oh, I think if they had got to that kind of moment a little bit quicker in Defenders, oh, just love it. I love it. It's my favorite moment. Probably my favorite moment in the whole show. I love the faces of the remaining members of the hand. Even they were like, whoa. Oh, shit. <laughs> Is I definitely wasn't expecting that. Bad? So <laughs> I was not either. I was glad to be surprised. I mean, on no. one hand, I was like, wait, but Alexandra didn't do anything. But on uh, the other hand, I was like, oh, but Electric, like, she means business. <laughs> so I was torn. I, I, I like. Yeah, s- nobody's going to be messing with Matthew. Yeah, no one hurts Matthew on her watch. So it felt like a good climactic moment in the series. And that's why I wish there was either either it had happened sooner or that we had gotten like a slightly longer show because then it didn't feel like we had quite enough time to capitalize on that moment. But it did feel like a, a really high moment in the overall story arc. 
Well, it was like such a soft episode up to that point. It was it was so soft. You know, like Matt yeah. had played the piano. <laughs> oh gosh, yes, I'm I will mention that same episode. Matt playing the piano. <laughs> And if you didn't notice, he is playing part of the Defenders theme. Which I only discovered that this week. That was one of those things where I was like, Marco, Marco reads my tweets. Marco knows what I want. Yeah, that that was such a soft moment. Obviously, the dream sequence was very soft. Um, even like when Electra like busts in to knock them all out and kill Stick, that was like surprisingly soft because she's like it's still oh, very soft, right? You and then she got sick, you know, which is a little bit <laughs> alarming, right? <laughs> all in quick succession. Um, I'm going to have to shout out my other honorable mention moment, though, in that episode, episode six, where she's fighting Stick. You know, Stick has harped on how we have to, we got to kill Electra. You can't hesitate. This is what you have to do to win the war. And the second that he has the opportunity to kill her first, he pauses and she clocks it and her face is like, oh, yeah, I got this. You see it on Stick's face, too. He's like, I thought I could do it, but I can't. So for all of his big talk, he was the one who couldn't do it. So I thought that smaller secondary character relationship, the stick Electra Matt dynamic, you know, I thought that was like a really nice way to put a cap on that. That wasn't what I would have expected. And then it gave us Matt in the NYPD shirt on oh, another like honorable <laughs> mention moment. Really, we really like episode six. I think episode six was a big highlight for a lot of reasons. Like the next actually, one, what was episode it? Seven. The fish, episode yeah, seven. the next one where we get we get Matt in the, in the NYPD Harlem shirt. Oh, highlight. <laughs> I still stand by my assessment that Defenders Matt Murdock had the best hair slash general look. Yeah, it looks so good. It's so pretty. His hair is so fluffy. It's so fluffy. (laughs) I want to know what round brush the hairstylist used. We'll figure out who did hair and makeup on that season. Yes. Because Electra also has like amazing hair. I yeah, she's so beautiful. She's so pretty in like black sky mode, which I guess that's part of her power. Her hair just gets like extra like voluminous, <laughs> takes on a life of its own. But it like looked amazing. Excellent job on the grooming of <laughs> of the characters <laughs> this season. Everyone looked great. Everyone looked great. All right. So I think for all of us, our last favorite moments are in the finale. Why don't we go back to Casey? So my favorite was the moment where Matt, Jessica, and Luke are about to get on the elevator. And I feel like this is a really big moment for Matt where he says to them, I'm glad we found each other. Because this is big for Matt to admit that he like not only needed help, but now he has friends and he's letting people in. Yeah. And I just, it was a good growing moment for him. And I just wanted to hug him. But then Luke was like, I'm not hugging you. Oh, Luke. <laughs> Luke. But it's, it's very obvious that Luke clearly doesn't really know Matt. It's only been a week. If even that, I don't think it's yeah, been if that. that. They kept saying it's, it was a hell of a week. But I don't think even it was a week. I think it was like maybe three or four days tops. It's been a hell of a few business days. Like, it was yes. definitely just like... <laughs> God, yeah. I know when you mentioned this moment, I was like, did this happen in the finale? There was so much that yeah. happened in the finale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And, 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 that's like also, and, and that was also kind of to tie back with his whole struggle about accepting help and acknowledging mm-hmm. that you need people. That was a big thing for him to realize. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to make that, um, that piece with Foggy and Karen in this show but obviously it comes back up in season three but that was important for him really important for his character and for his growth 
it's not a weakness to have help. Sticks trying to make him like be a leader. Sticks like you, nobody can lead him like you can, and you have a lot. You like Iron Fist. Danny can learn from you. And of course, that's before Stick was like going to kill him. But you know. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Matt. Uh, right, Matt. So if we're going to go chronologically, it's like I love the second half of the finale because there's a lot of stuff in there that I like. And I'll focus on one because I think my other one overlaps with uh, with you, Shelby. But there's the finale fight. Everyone is at the bottom of Midland Circle inside the epic hole. You know, Uh, the defenders have tracked Danny down. All the fingers are there. They've sort of fought their way through the building. And now that everyone's down there and they've had their fight. But of course... If you haven't realized where my heart lies, <laughs> I will reiterate it once more. We finally get Matt hustling um, Jessica, Luke, and Danny back up the hole because he can hear that the bomb, the, the C4, that uh, Colleen and Claire are supposed to be setting up upstairs in the building, um, has been triggered. They don't know why, but Matt can hear the timer going off. And so he knows he has to get his friends out of there. <laughs> and he is going to, in Matt fashion, he's going to stay behind to try one last time to get Electra to come back to him and to get out of there with him. So that whole fight just, it spans through like a few scenes, you know, you sort of cut between their fight and you see the rest of the defenders and then you see what's going on upstairs, but it keeps going back to this fight. And this fight is really what sets us toward the end of the show. At first, it's the classic Matt's like pleading and trying to make his case. And Electra's like, no, I'm not listening. Um, I'm not who you think I am. You know, I'm my own person now. And then in the middle, you can see there are little parallels to like moments that they had shared in season two. It's beautiful, though. It's like the most beautiful fight. Just the way that they're fighting and the way that, you know, it's like aggressive, but it's also like surprisingly emotional and I think either I think he knocks her down and pins her down, which made me think of the Fogwell scene in season two, episode five. And then she flips him. And it's like that's almost a direct parallel to that moment. And then they're fighting and they're really going all out at each other. And there's just this moment near the end where Electra literally has him in a chokehold. And then they kind of just like pause and like relax. It's like, well. I don't know what I was thinking, you know. I don't know how I thought that this was ever going to work. That's Matt and Electra is sort of like, you know, but we can have it. We can have it all. We can have it all together. This was established a little bit earlier on in the season, but her whole fear now is that she doesn't want to die anymore. She wants to live forever and she wants to have that with Matt because once when they do her resurrection, Alexandra talks about I know that you've seen death too. And they don't expand on it, but clearly it's very traumatic and awful and not something anyone should know what the experience is like. And so I can kind of get why Electra sounds a little nuts, you know, but she's like, you know what, I'm never going to go back there again. But I also know you and I remember you and I want you to be there with me. And it's not obviously it's not completely right. And it's misguided, you know, but she also hasn't had a lot of time <laughs> to process her coming back to her memories and like remembering him. And and then, you know, just look, I'm a romantic ultimately at heart and they kiss while the building is falling all around them. It just I think when I saw it, I was literally like on my side. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe they wrote the scene for me and me only. <laughs> 
have seen. There was so much that was like for us. Because for them, like fighting has always been their foreplay. <laughs> like the way they communicate, you know, they don't always use their words, but they can use their fists to talk to each other. And then at the very end, she's like apologizing. She's like, I'm sorry, Matthew. I'm sorry for all the pain it caused you. And that's kind of when you finally get like, oh, yeah, Electra knows that she's really she knows what she's done to him and the, the cost that he has to bear to be there with her. And I think they are both they don't know there's no getting out of there. And just to see that reconciliation and then the kiss and then the building collapses and then that kind of goes like I just loved all of the moments after that, too. Sort of you see everyone outside and they're watching this building fall and they all think Matt is dead and you have to follow up with everybody after that. You There's just so many feels that you get hit in <laughs> as, you know, you start with Matt and Electra and then you go to uh, Foggy and Karen and then, you know, everyone is just having this moment. And anyway, I'm going to stop there. If you guys have more to share, please feel free. Uh, well, it's just, no, I know I'm with you. I'm with you on the Matt Electra thing, because I always thought that that scene would be so pretty, like on a comic book cover, oh, or like if yeah. somebody was to do you a commission and paint oh. that for you or something. Oh, so oh pretty. Gosh. Those two together are so pretty. <laughs> what if Marco did that? What if Marco did? Oh, my God. The Matt Electra as the, as the world crumbles around them <laughs> oh yeah oh my god isn't that the, the, oh that and then that leads to you know danny you know danny out there like you said the building's coming down and danny's like he he didn't have any intention of coming out he knew what was happening in fact he said protect my city and i was like oh my god <laughs> no. and then you know you're, you're watching you're like but there's gotta be more but there's more right it's gotta be he can't be dead no <laughs> Even though you knew Daredevil season three was coming. <laughs> right. See, I didn't. I oh, actively oh. avoided the internet. Yeah. Like yeah, I said yeah. before, I don't like spoilers. Oh. I don't like press junkets. I don't, I, I avoid all of it. Um, and I had, right before all this, I had just quit social media. So it was really easy to avoid all this. And that I didn't know season three of Daredevil was coming. And I was, I was very upset. <laughs> I oh, can't I imagine. I actually, oh my like, God. I think I really was like, oh, my God, he's dead. And then when uh, Luke says, Mr. Nelson, I'm sorry for your loss. I'm like, it's my loss, too. <laughs> what about me? What about me? The fan. <laughs> and, Y'all and don't then, even deserve Matt. <laughs> and then they showed the scene with him, um, you know, it being cared for. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Because a little bit I had known I know, and Daredevil. That was, that was straight straight out straight of the comics. The that comics. was like, yeah. that so was a little really bit good. I had known of Daredevil. I was like, no, that's how he would die. Under a building, trying mm, to save everyone. Right. Trying that's to save right. Electra one last time. I'm like, that's what he would do. If anybody can get out, it's Matt. He would know if there was another escape route, surely. Oh, yeah. I remember the theories in between Defenders and season three. Like, how did he get out? Oh, like, my God. I know I there were so everything. many. One was one was Frank. Frank somehow got him out of the building. That was a, that was a good theory. What was the other? Did I tell you the dumb thing I did? So it ended and I was like, how did he get out? I was thinking more real, real world, mm, which I is see. not you, you shouldn't do. <laughs> Don't do it. Um, I was thinking to myself. Post 9-11 building codes um, have wow. strong, stronger stairwells. So the building collapses into the hole and maybe Electra and Matt or more Electra dragging Matt out. 
Yeah, I think that was one of them too. Was Electra drug mad out because she's yeah. she's supposed to be like immortal. Yeah. yeah. But I went so far as to start researching building codes, New York building wow. codes, to see if this that's... is possible. And that's when my husband said, why don't you read the comics? Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. I did not know you did that. That's kind of amazing. There has to be a real answer to this. <laughs> Dragons. <laughs> Dragons and building codes. Yeah, that was, that was another thing, too, that they had both inhaled so much... Um, Right, dragon like that. bone dust dust so that looks, that's like <laughs> that what has... kept them alive i remember reading the electro dragging him out i remember reading like matt sensed an opening you know and it was able to guide them out to safety um there was it was wild it was wild it was fun but yeah i don't think any of us called what actually happened no no which was that he like Came no, out of a storm no, drain. when he ended up being like a like a teenage mutant ninja turtle. No. Right. Oh, maybe that was like a little like nod. I don't know. <laughs> when he just washes out of the drain pipe, it's right. so sweet. Right. Yeah, after he washes out of the drain pipe, I was like, oh yeah, that could happen too. Yeah. <laughs> that too. <laughs> sure. So Shelby, I think you have like one last specific scene to wrap us up. Oh on. God, my y'all! I did not expect to be moved by Jessica and Luke as much as this series like moved me. Because you know we got we got that little bit of Jess and Luke in season one of Jessica Jones, and then you know Luke went back to Harlem, found Claire Temple, and every time Luke and Jessica like shared a moment, it was just like. Oh, I, I, it gave me so much hope for the future because that's probably where my little comic book heart was at. And then that last scene, of course, he's got to find her in a bar, you know, and she's just like, it's been a hell of a week. And he's like, I know, you know, I had it with you. And it just leads to him saying, you know, the earth had to shake for us to find each other again. Oh, that was a sweet scene. It definitely made me like, oh, they have to end back up together. Yes, right. Yeah. Yeah. I knew about the relationship in the comics, but I was, uh, it surprised me how much I missed them together. Yeah. And then she ends it with, yeah, maybe we'll grab a coffee or something sometime. Mm. <laughs> and, and, and of course, anybody who watches, you know, Luke yeah. Cage. Yeah. He's like, we can't <laughs> use that, that word that anymore. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, and they're talking about, you know, they, Matt is sort of the unspoken thing between them. And, um, you know, just he's like, I'm glad it wasn't you, you know, that was at the bottom of that hole. And it's, uh, y'all, we got to get them back together. You know, he shows up, well, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched Jessica Jones season three, I guess, but he shows up at the end of Jessica Jones season three. And I guess this is a good segue to, you know, how do you think these characters could meet up again? Like, how do you think the Defenders might reunite if we were able to get them all back on screen somehow? There's just so many, like, unresolved things here. I don't know that I would ever, I think it would have to be so long, like in the future for them to like, for us to really need like another team up Defenders vs. series. Maybe not a Defenders vs. series, but just like if they were to meet up again in the oh, MCU. The, oh, the Murdoch papers, the Murdoch papers. I want them coming together to try to protect Matt's uh, secret identity. That's what I want. Yeah. I think that's where my brain landed after this, this show ended too. And then especially in the context of after season three, when his identity is, I mean, it's not publicized yet, but there's more people who know, you know. Um, or, you know, we could even go devil in cell block D. We can go even further. 
where where you know Danny sends, spends some time in the Daredevil suit. But you know when we it's hard because where we left off with Iron Fist is little. You know we'd have to get that resolved. Um, I just want to take one second too to talk about Simone Missick and how what a badass she is and how she pretty much she carries every scene that she's in and makes you forget that you're dealing with a hole and magical ninjas and mystical stuff. And you're like, oh, Misty Knight just showed up. Okay, I got it. I got it now. You know, she just brings like this level of, I don't know. She's just She has presence. She has a lot of presence. And I mean, I think I'm going to say it again. Like, Daughters of the Dragon, they deserve (gasps) to be together. I don't think it's completely out of the question. So, please. (laughs) You know, maybe you're right. Maybe they're never going to, all of them are never going to show up at the same time on the same screen. But I would love for these characters, like maybe one-on-one, two-on-one, you know, in these maybe smaller groupings. I I would love for them to see each other again. And I think Misty Knight. I think it, she deserves it. Yeah. Oh, Misty yeah. Knight. But I think it definitely helps now that we're, we're moving towards like shorter episode seasons of things. So you can have a five or six episode Daughters of the Dragon or your Power Man Iron Fist, you know, like, oh, dreams, dreams, dreams. I just want Jessica to punch Matt in the face. Just, just yes. a good face punch. Be like, what do you mean you were alive and, and didn't then tell go, us? That was for my camera, you little. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> It'll, it'll be a deep cut for us Marvel TV fans. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's for that would not be telling amazing. us you're alive. And that's for my camera. And then they're cool. I think that's what I, I miss is like um, the hype of Marvel TV. Mm-hmm. And I know we're trying to get that back with the Disney Plus shows. I know we are. But the hype that we had for these shows as these shows were coming out, I, I don't know that we get that anymore. <laughs> It'll be hard to have that same magic. I think it'll be different magic maybe in the future. But yeah, I think I'm always going to have a very soft spot for this and what this was and the promise of it, you know. If you follow us on other um, channels, especially our YouTube channel, we have occasionally discussed, you know, the rumors coming out. And Matt Murdock and Jessica Jones have both been um, mentioned in said rumors. So I would feel that if there's any pairing that might be the most likely to see soon, it would be the Matt and Jessica relationship so we can always keep our fingers crossed yeah and who doesn't want a, a frank and jessica team up <laughs> who doesn't want to see frank and <laughs> jessica thought about that. yeah <laughs> frank and danny i mean oh god <laughs> i could shoot danny end of iron fist season two he had his chi guns so uh, that's true that's true it could be a might battle. not be as easy as uh, <laughs> yeah. it would have been before all right well you know i think that does it for um for defenders so it's a special it was a special show but you know we just love these characters so much and i think we would all really love to see as many of them back one day so yeah so thank you for um for listening there's going to be one more episode after this as far as us kind of reviewing the series so daredevil season three will be coming up next week once again, please, if you're enjoying this podcast, to make sure you find us wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. Um, you can also find us on social media. We are Renew Daredevil at Twitter and we are Save Daredevil everywhere else. We also usually have um, some fun, um, extra exclusive content on our YouTube channel, which is also uh, Save Daredevil. So 
Thank you again for listening. Again, if you have thoughts, um, feelings, questions, um, additional commentary, we'd love to hear it. You can always leave it in the comments uh, on our social media or on our YouTube channel. And I think that is it. So thank you. And we'll see you again soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> thank you for listening to Talk Daredevil, the official podcast of the Save Daredevil campaign. For more information on Save Daredevil, please visit our website at savedaredevil.com. Remember, Murdoch's always get back up.